stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the way of your only Son. By his coming, nurture our growth as people of repentance and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our first reading is a reading from Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The word of the Lord. We'll read uh, portions of Psalm 72 responsibly. 
Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. That the mountains may bring prosperity to the people and the hills in righteousness. May he live as long as the sun and moon endure from one generation to another. In his time, may the righteous flourish, and that there be an abundance of peace till the moon shall be no more. And blessed be your glorious name forever, and may all the earth be filled with your glory. Amen. Amen. A reading from Romans. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God, in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. gospel this Lord's Day is the gospel according to Matthew. We are in chapter 3. Now in those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. John is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord and make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. 
Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when John saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Good morning, one and all, and welcome. I would like to turn your attention to the Old Testament lesson we just read, taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 11. In this passage, Isaiah has a few things to say to us about hope. Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied among you all in the knowledge of God, and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes at Christmas, I catch myself reminiscing about holiday seasons from yesteryear. And I'm probably not the only one. And when I do think back to my own childhood, the one thing that really stands out in my mind is just how excited Christmas could make me feel. For me, as a child, the entire month of December was one long, non-stop sugar high. Christmas was all I could think about. There were specials on TV I couldn't wait to watch. There was holiday music in the stores. If I had a line or two in the annual Christmas pageant, oh my gosh, I'd go home and re rehearse it a hundred times when nobody was looking because I was nervous about the program and I didn't want to make a mistake somehow. And of course, maybe most of all, the presents. I daydreamed about gifts and everything I wanted to get. And when a wrapped present showed up under the tree with my name on it, holy cow, I'd grab it and shake it and sniff it and look at it. I'd go to bed at night dreaming about it and wake up the next morning still thinking about it. Christmas was nonstop hope-filled excitement for me as a child. Probably you too. Oh, but come on. We're adults now. 
We're grown-ups, for heaven's sakes, and the excitement has certainly worn off. And all those old childhood hopes and dreams may seem a bit, well, naive, you know? The Christmas music I so loved to hear as a child, it's still pretty, of course. But my favorite Toledo radio station started playing it all in early November. It's getting kind of old, you know? I used to get really nervous about delivering a line or two in the Christmas program. Well, I've been up here delivering a few more lines than that here lately. I guess I've kind of gotten over being nervous. And when it comes to gifts, well, my adult kids and I, we exchange gift certificates. And my brother and I send each other these sausage and cheese packages from Swiss Colony. And here's the thing. Neither one of us likes sausage and cheese, okay? <laughs> so, you know, Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. For an adult, that old sense of hopeful excitement can seem very far away. It's like maybe that part of Christmas really is just for the kids. Try telling that to the prophet Isaiah, okay? Try telling that to Isaiah. We learn in chapter 1 of his book that Isaiah lived and worked during the reigns of kings named Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Household names, I understand. But the point is this. Taken at face value, this suggests that Isaiah lived to be about 100 years of age. He wasn't a kid anymore, okay? Not some innocent little tyke with visions of sugar plums dancing in his wee little head. Oh, no. Isaiah was old. Been there, done that, with every reason to be as jaded and faded as we sometimes are. But here's the thing. He wasn't. He wasn't jaded and he wasn't faded. He wasn't too old for hope. Far from it. Isaiah was as amped as a room full of preschoolers and just get a load of what he was hoping for. Take a look at what he was dreaming about. The wolf and the lamb will be friends. You hear me? The wolf and the lamb, they're going to be friends. The cow and the bear will graze together. The poor of the earth will hunger no more. The humble and downtrodden will all be lifted up. Justice shall reign. Righteousness shall prevail. Our God is going to come through. Our God is going to win. And this world of ours will finally and forever be what it was meant to be from the beginning. In a jaded, faded age such as ours, we live with such abundance, we have so much stuff. The one thing we don't seem to have a lot of, we don't have a lot of hope, even at Christmas. In a jaded, faded age like ours, Isaiah has some important lessons for us about how to live 
not only hopefully, but excited by hope. So lesson number one, if you want your life to be hopeful, says Isaiah, it helps if your hopes are big and not small. Again, if you want your life not only to be hopeful, but somehow excited by hope, then aim for the big hopes, not the little ones. I mean, think for just a moment about what passes for hope in this world of ours. Oh, I hope I can beat the crowds to Walmart on Black Friday. I hope I get a big pay raise or a nice promotion at work. I hope my team wins the big game and plays for the national championship and it was kind of close, wasn't it? It was kind of close. This stuff is nice. It sure is. But honestly, it's small potatoes. It's small potatoes. Think about it. When you don't get this stuff, you're disappointed. But even when you do, it's no big deal. I mean, really and truly, what difference does a Black Friday bargain make? It's just more stuff. For hope to be hopeful, says Isaiah, you got to supersize it. For hope to be hopeful, it's got to be king-sized. Peace on earth, goodwill to all. The hungry fed, the sick healed, families restored, sins forgiven, creation made new. Now you're talking, says Isaiah. Now you're talking. King-sized hopes and king-sized dreams. If you want your life to be excited by hope, says Isaiah, let your hopes all be king-sized. I'll come back to that in a minute. But for now, lesson number two, and as an aside, I believe Isaiah wants us to understand the difference between a king-sized hope and a pipe dream. A king-sized hope and a pipe dream. You know what a pipe dream is, right? A pipe dream is that wonderful vision of something new and better that you never actually get around to doing anything about. Isaiah has no real patience for pipe dreams. Look, says the prophet, we have no real right to hope for anything big if we continue to live lives that are very, very small. No real right to hope for the big when we continue to live lives that are small. In other words, how can we hope for a fresh start with our families if we are unwilling to make any changes personally? How can we dream of a loving, peaceful home when we can't let go of old anger and old resentment? How can we dream of a kind and loving world and yet fail to be kind and loving ourselves? How can we dream of sins being forgiven and yet never quite get around to repenting, never quite get around to saying, I'm sorry? How can we dream of sins being forgiven and never quite get around to forgiving somebody else? And so on. 
A pipe dream is a pleasant distraction, says Isaiah. But if you want real, genuine, exciting hope, then it helps to have real, genuine commitment on your part too. Finally, lesson three. Genuine king-sized hopes do take commitment on your part too. But we call them king-sized hopes for a reason. We call them king-sized hopes not simply because they're big, but because they depend on the king. King-sized hopes depend on the king, says Isaiah, and his name is still Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior. Jesus is the one Isaiah was looking for, and Jesus is the one Isaiah was hoping for. Jesus is the one who died for us on a cross. Jesus is the one who rose from the dead. And Jesus is the one who always, always, always comes through. Jesus can take this world's deepest hopes and fondest dreams, the ones about wolves and lambs, the ones about hungry children and broken families, the ones about warring nations and despondent people. Jesus can take all of our deepest hopes and fondest dreams and raise them to new life. Jesus can raise us to new life, today, tomorrow, forever on the day he comes again. I have that hope. And it is a hope worth being excited about. In about a minute, we're going to sing of Bethlehem. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And Isaiah wants you to know, hope wins. Big hope wins. King-size hope. And it's because in the end, our hope depends on the king. And our King Jesus Christ comes through. Jesus wins and he wins big. May you know it and believe it. And may you find the hope in Jesus Christ to be real and exciting today and every day. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We turn to the hymn.